Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the CFT's weekly podcast. This week I am joined by Simon Jones and uh, Simon is the you're the founder, right? Founder or CEO of um, of uh, investingreviews.co.uk uh, and also investingreviews.com, which is a, a affiliate website mainly targeting the sort of finance vertical. I think you have a few other industries that you target as well, but that's the main one. Uh, so I think some people listening will probably already be working with you and be familiar with who you are and what you do. But maybe just to kick off, can you give some background on yourself and and what your company does? Certainly. Well, uh, hi, uh, David. Thank you for inviting me on your podcast. I think this is a, a reciprocal uh, deal, isn't it? You were on our podcast right, a couple of months ago. Uh, but yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I think uh, your listener base will uh, will will be familiar with uh, investing reviews. And you're right. Yeah, we have .co.uk, which is our primary uh, target. Uh, FCA regulated uh, platforms. Uh, so we originally started in 2020, I think Jan actually, where we just reviewed you know, the uh, the big players, you know, Interactive Investor, Hargreaves Lansdowne, AJ Bell, Saxo, Fineco, et cetera, et cetera. So we just, this was just a business idea that myself and my business partner had because I used to work in the gambling industry, which is, is a very uh, interesting connect with, uh, with finance. Uh, so we can talk about that obviously in a little bit, but yeah. So we, we just said, look, do you fancy putting together, a, a, you know, a reviews website for, uh, you know, for finance, for, for, basically for retail traders and retail trading platforms. So we did. We threw a few reviews up. Um, we wrote a few guides, uh, you know, how-tos, best-ofs, the usual stuff. I mean, my background's SEO. I've been, I'm actually that old. I remember doing SEO before Google launched. Um, and my business partner, he's uh, he's not as old as me, but he, funnily enough, he is actually ex-Google. He used to work in the finance vertical <laughs> about 12 years ago, and he, he used to work at Saxo as well. Uh, so we have a we have a kind of a, a connected background. So we did this 2020, threw some stuff together. It was one of those kind of back bedroom ideas. We thought, look, you know, the template's similar to what we did on gambling. Um, and we threw it together. I said threw it together. We put we had a strategy and we put some content together and it started to work. So then we built the business case, the business model. And as time went on, you start getting people coming saying, We'd like a review on your platform of our platform. I said, Yeah, great, okay, we'll do that. And it's kind of as most sort of startup businesses do, they they, they start to grow, they start to creak, they start to expand. And that's what we've done. And it's uh yeah, it's been an interesting journey and it's it's just it's like every day is a school day every single day is a school day it's so it's i find it fascinating because i'm like i say i'm from a i'm from a digital marketing background originally came through to affiliate marketing in 2012 2011 2012 uh i went to work for a, a chap who ran witchbingo.co.uk shout out to phil fraser for giving me that break um he employed me as the commercial director and subsequently made me md of the business uh, I was there for six, seven years, and we 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 dominated the uh, the, the Google search results for UK bingo related terms. I mean, when a recruitment guy rings you up and says, "I've got this great opportunity for you," yeah, but it's bingo, and I'm like, "I ain't interested in bingo." He says, "No, no, no, it's not about bingo." Um, so I went to meet Phil, and and truly enough, he said, "Look, it's, this is affiliate marketing." And I'm thinking, "What the hell is affiliate marketing?" And he said, "Well, think about compare the market or money saving expert or." I mean, Trustpilot, you know, 
Uswitch, all these websites that are just, a, they're effectively comparison sites. And what his website did for bingo was answer the search queries that people are, you know, are typing in. What's the best bingo site to deposit £10? Which is the best winning bingo site? Blah, blah, blah. And on it goes. And we built that reputation up. And we were just talking off air, weren't we, David, about, you know, going to conferences and meeting, meeting your partners. And we had that reputation uh, very quickly where, you know, we went to the exhibitions and, you know, my diary was full, half an hour meetings every day for five days solid. And you were meeting, we were meeting the big guys, the 365s, the Labrooks, the Paddy Powers. And it, and it worked. Then Phil sold the business, Phil sold the business in 2018 to uh, Excel Media PLC, which interestingly, uh, recently I've just sold all their finance websites. Oh well, wow. mm. interesting. Well, well, we'll probably talk more about uh, gambling side of things later on because I think there's some there's an overlap that people are always sort of curious about, um, and like in terms of people moving from one industry to the other and so on. Um, but you I mean you mentioned you started out in January 2020, so that's what I think two months or a month before COVID began, and we had this huge boom in. Um, you know, it will boom in interest investing in a bit of a stock market market bubble. I would actually say that was there was a kind of preliminary build up to that that's sort of been forgotten just because of the pandemic. But like even prior to 2020, you saw this there was a slow proliferation and just lots and lots of people launching uh usually stock trading apps. So, you know, I was at one, I was at Free Trade. Um but there's there was plenty plenty of others or, or other companies like Revolut adding stock trading as well. Um so what what's that process been like? I mean, you've gone from 2020, 2021 was really like a kind of bull market and this probably the biggest rush of investor activity, retail investor activities since like dot, the dot com boom. Yeah, exactly. Um, that we we hit it lucky right at that time. Yeah. And then you've all but then yeah, obviously in the past like I'd say since end of Q4 2021, everything is just kind of gone down uh interest rates have gone up just the level of interest in investing as a whole has gone down if i look at some broker stats at the moment i think people are getting hit hard probably like the sorts of flows they're getting are not so good so what what's that process been like i mean is it have just in general for you as running an affiliate business but like is the fact that the markets have dropped down a bit in the past 18 months or so has that also impacted you guys well, yeah, it has, and I think like any business that that you're on the, you know, we're on the bleeding edge of, uh, you know, of, of 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 the industry, and I mean, I mean that I don't mean that big headed. I mean, you know, when when things change, you have to change quickly with it. So we actually set the business up. Um, we, we we didn't expect obviously the pandemic. We didn't expect people to still suddenly start going, oh my god, what's these GameStop shares? I need to buy these. I need to I need to download you know, the free trade app, which is exactly what happened. We just hit it at the right time. And like I said, I don't have a background in finance. Um, and then, you know, I mean, I'm a bit, I'm a bit weird, actually, because I, I actually watch Bloomberg TV at the end <laughs> of the day just to see what the markets are doing. Because I'm learning constantly, right? Yeah. And of course, then you switch on Bloomberg TV and you're watching it at like half or five, you know, when the, when the markets are closing and, and all of a sudden there's this GameStop story and it's going crazy. So you read it on Reddit on the Wall Street bets, and there's just millions of people just going. We, we need to shove it back to these hedge fund guys. And like, oh, I, I, whoa, this is, I don't understand this. And of course, then we had a deal with free trade. We had a deal with trading two one two. We have a deal with everybody. 
uh, basically. But oh my goodness, you know, they're just the registrations of, of accounts went through the roof. I mean, free trade still do the free stocks for recommending a friend kind of thing. So yeah, we hit that right at the right time. Obviously, pandemic, everybody's <laughs> everybody's at home. Nobody's like, what do I do? Do I play? backgammon or do I buy some Tesla shares and that, yeah. that's what happened and then like you say at the end of 21 it kind of fizzled out and you know at that point you know we have to pivot and we did we pivot we've pivoted <laughs> we've pivoted a few times to be honest um, and the website investing reviews it's not just about reviews of investing platforms because there is you know clearly you don't just buy uh, buy stocks and shares and hold them and trade them as an investing platform. And we've still got this this big question, but people don't understand the difference between trading and investing, but that's that's in the reports. Um, so yeah, we pivoted more towards trading. We yeah. wanted to understand about trading. Um, we pivoted towards pensions, to ISAs, you know, because that's obviously it, everything's connected, you know. And I think with the I think with the uh, I think with the, the the trust and the relevance of the content we were producing we can write pretty much anything we'd like that's relevant to investing, saving, pensions, stocks, shares, everything. And Google will pick it up because there's an authority there. But, you know, like any anybody else that's listening who understands about SEO is, you can't just write one piece about one subject and be a topical authority on that subject. You have to have you have to have proof that you understand what you're talking about. Yeah. So we did that. Uh, we did that for ISAs. You know, we done that with pensions. Done that with trading. Uh, I mean, spoiler alert: if anybody's listening, we are launching our own trading academy. A because we need to understand about trading, uh, but B we want to educate people with trading as well. Because I yeah. think it's you know, I'm not going to say how old I am, but if you yeah, remember, I did say <laughs> I remember Google launching. There are guys on TikTok, sorry, there are people on TikTok now that are giving financial advice in, in, in inverted commas, yeah. and they're skirting on the edge of legality there with what they're doing. But there is yeah. one guy I followed recently. I actually got TikTok recently, don't tell anybody. Um, <laughs> but I downloaded TikTok. It's actually on a separate phone. It's not on my, it's not on my, not on my work phone. Oh, God forbid. Um, yeah, and there's a guy on there. He's just saying, you know, do not start. You know, don't start buying stocks and thinking you're thinking you're investing. You buy, you hold, you leave it. Ten years later, see you later. Don't come back. And it's it's that age group, I think, of you know, the sort of twenty five pluses, where you know, even some partners and marketing people I speak to, uh, they say, oh yeah, so you've got a review on eToro. So yeah, you've got a review. Yeah, I've got an account with eToro. Oh right, okay. Yeah, are you uh, what are you investing in? So yeah, I bought some Tesla shares last week and I sold them, but I made a loss. I said, oh, so you're trading then. No, no, yeah. no, I was investing. Like, no, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for that pivot towards education, and and I, I know I talk in tangents, and I'll come back and close that loop with the answer to your question. Is education? I think is very key. It's something we found in the report that we did that actually you contributed towards. Was there are lots of these retail apps launching all the time? I mean, you just reviewed, uh, you, know, you interviewed the Weeble uh, MD, didn't you? Uh, Webull launching in the UK, but you can only buy US stocks. Okay, Robinhood's probably going to try and attempt to get into the UK market again. Okay, Public.com and on and on it goes. You know, when does it end? When does it stop? Uh, share of market. I mean, crikey, there can't be anybody left, surely. <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, I mean, I think there are two different two different components, as you say, like trading and tr trading CFDs and other like leverage products seems quite distinct from. Um, 
from sort of investing in shares. I'm actually curious if you get if you run an affiliate program for like a SIP or an ISA, mm. just because that's presumably a higher value client for the end broker, do you get a better, is that a better business for you? No, just... not necessarily. No, 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 no. No, it's um, with the with the legalities in the UK, uh, particularly with the FCA, is, uh, which is unlike gambling, um, it, it, it's, it's a... It's a referral process, so it's uh, it's based on a CPA cost per acquisition model. So, if you go to our website and you go, you read all the information about the best SIPs, and you choose product A or business A, you sign up, and you know you could transfer half a million quid to that product. We will still get paid the same referral fee. We do not get a, a percentage of what's being referred, which is different in gambling. Whereas, well. 80% of the time you're going to lose all your money. I mean, the CFD risk warnings are there. It's not too dissimilar, is it? Um, you know, if you if you sign up to, I won't name a brand, but you sign up to one of the big brands that advertise on the TV, on Sky Sports, for example, you you sign up to a, a free bet offer, you deposit 10 quid and you bet against, you know, the Manchester Derby, you bet Manchester United going to win and Manchester City win, you lose that 10 quid. But if you substitute every time you go on, and spend money, the referring affiliate that's still tagged with that cookie tracking will still get a revenue share of everything that you lose, which is completely different to introducing a trading broker to a platform, you know, where they don't want you to lose, they want you to continually make money and be successful, which is completely different. Yeah, that's actually a question I have, I don't know if you can talk about it, Um, which is, I was looking at this recently for... um, like signal providing and sort of education in that context um where so signal providing in the uk is like this sort of gray area where it's not considered to be advice uh but then there was a guy a couple of years ago who basically got taken to court by the fca and he lost and he had to pay back a few, i think it was more than a million quid uh because he had been running basically he had been running a program where he would refer clients um, so he would provide signals, refer clients to brokers, and then was kind of telling them what to do. But that sort of got me into the weeds a bit in terms of looking at like how. So if you look at what the what the FCA did, they were basically saying that he was the service he was providing. It was something. It's a really vague term in the law. It's something like you know arranging dealing and securities, right? And so that got me thinking: if you're an affiliate, is that like that? Is that covered by? The same sort of regulation is that something you have to be kind of aware of, or if you're running the CPA model that you just uh, mentioned, yeah, is it some, is it is it not something? Is it like you're you're kind of in the clear doing that? Well, it's a good question. There's a probably there's a, my little grey matter is thinking this is a grey issue. <laughs> um, I um, the, we we tend to work with affiliate networks, so we don't necessarily deal directly with the partners. They tend to come through. An affiliate network so you have that there is a level of protection there there are terms and conditions and regulation that you go through so it's a good question actually i'm going to write that down and follow that up actually um but obviously compliance will come very heavily down and if you start promoting things that you shouldn't be promoting and you don't have the risk warnings in place at the right font size at the right color etc um so actually i can't answer that question <laughs> um yeah i mean i don't have a finance background, so signal uh, trading signals is something that we will obviously be using in our our academy training program. But uh, for um, me, 
can't answer that one for it. Okay. Well, uh, well, maybe maybe something to come back to in our next podcast, where hopefully uh, you'll still be a you know, free man walking around. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, but um, uh, so 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 one of the things you you kind of uh, pointed out at the beginning, or we mentioned, was that you have so that so investing reviews. The the primary URL is .co.uk. Most of yeah. your traffic, which is really huge i mean like i'm getting it from similar web so i don't know the exact numbers but there's a lot of traffic so it's it is impressive uh but you do have a dot com url as well yeah can you talk about that is that like a new thing from you guys and what's uh... the what's the target market there if you can talk about it <laughs> do you want the honest answer or the the bullshit answer <laughs> uh, you can give both if you want <laughs> well no i'll give the honest answer because I, I i that's the only way i work we had the opportunity to buy the dot com domain and we thought Ooh, i wonder what the market's like in the us so of course you do some research in the us and the likes of nerd wallet and forbes and the rest come up and you go oh, that's a bit of a tough one go on we'll give it a go so we put the dot com up um we did some reviews of you know american focus brokers uh very similar strategy to the uk but it's such a bigger bigger pond you know we we're not causing any ripples in that pond at all so we've just we launched it we put it up there see what works it's it's starting to resonate it's kind of like um Google has what call what SEOs call a sandbox in Google. Like Google will kind of like put you in this sort of little play area until they've decided whether or not you're you're grown up enough to go into the real Google search results. So I think we were in the sandbox for a bit and it's come out. It's not been our primary focus to be fair, because seriously, we are just maxed out at the moment with everything that we're doing. So Co, Co UK is uh, is where it's at, at for us. But yeah, it's yeah. Do you want to run the dot com, David? <laughs> uh, hopefully your, your current employee is not listening you can edit. <laughs> um so so yeah move moving i mean we've kind of touched on this actually a bit on like in terms of uh you know brokers finding it a bit tougher at the moment market has died down a bit yeah like if, are you finding that the same sort of thing i mean is it is it um you know is business getting a bit tougher at your end for for, for the uk market yeah, I think it's seasonal as well, isn't it? Yeah, we've got we're still in holiday season. Um, the market is very stagnant, very flat. We, yeah, we we do see that as a as a trend as well. Um, you know, hopefully September onwards that will start to pick up again. But it is, I think it's the same across the board. I think every everybody's seen uh, you know the same sort of uh, trends at the moment. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, that's something I'm trying to look into in terms of. Um, you know, what brokers can do to sort of manage periods of low volatility. Volatility, And I think if you look historically, one of the ways that they did that was was offering other shorter term trading products that are now not allowed, they're not really allowed to do. So in some ways you can still do that. There's a few brokers that have things like uh, your turbo warrants. Um, but I'm, so I suppose my question there as it relates to you is like whether you see any changes in terms of what people are looking for. So yeah, I, I went on your website couple of months ago and you'd put something out on on prop trading that's one example right and so if if you think that say two years ago or a year and a half ago people were very interested in just buying stocks and shares and doing all the meme stock stuff um i today see just so many on the company side anyway so many companies setting up that are offering prop trading there's kind of growing interest in it uh, is that something you see or just in, I suppose just in general, has the kind of 
product set that people are looking for changed, or is it quite similar to what it was? I think it's similar to what it was. It's it's certainly. I think the uh, I think the intent has dropped um, quite considerably. But what we are looking at is we have some stock analysts on the books. In fact, we have quite a few stock analysts. Um, sorry, Motley Fool, if you're listening, but we've got a couple of your guys that are doing really well. So we have a strategy we're focusing on currently, and our senior analyst is. He's basically putting together stock market news and analysis together with what he calls a share tip. So, you know, in the news this week is Tesco's. Tesco's earnings just happened. Um, and he, read my full detailed analysis of Tesco's shares as to whether I'm, you know, saying it's a buy, sell or hold. So he's put this really detailed analysis together um, on only a handful of uh, of UK businesses. And... Bloomberg contacted us last week and said, that is the most detailed analysis we've ever seen. We want to be involved in what you're doing. So we kind of said, oh, and is that really, is that right? So I spoke to the stock analyst and he said, oh, yeah, yeah. And he showed me his notes and his notes are just like, <laughs> like a volume. Um, so we're actually going to put together our own index, I think, um, just to look at, yeah, well, just to prove it. You know, if, 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 if we're saying, you know, buy Tesco's, hold Sainsbury's, Sell persimmon, sorry persimmon, I know you're dropping out the FTSE 100, um, etc. Then, then we should maybe have our own alpha, our own index, you know, maybe our own ETF. I don't know, and 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 that's that's what got us fascinated in with with prop trading, and then with the Bloomberg connection, and then with actually what our stock guys are saying. You know, is it right what you're saying? Should we buy that? Should they sell this? Is that one to look out for? Is it one for your portfolio? So we we are actually looking at well we, we we have actually done it um i think john's actually put one on uh, simply wall street just to just to prove his point um so yeah and that's that's bringing around the whole sort of prop trading uh thing and yeah we've been speaking to some other partners at the moment about doing uh doing that exactly that that thing so yeah it's interesting every day's a school day like i say i love it yeah no that's what that's awesome and um i think if you Again, I haven't written about this publicly, but just so it's more of like a you know an idea that's up in the air at the moment. But I really think that one area that brokers could cater to, which they just don't seem to really do a huge amount, maybe it's because they're you know they're targeting different markets. But if you were going after the UK, um, the amount of let's say news and institution like on the on the sort of institutional investment banking side coverage of smaller UK companies or really UK companies as a whole. Is tiny, but the actual appetite among quite a more sophisticated retail investor base is like massively obsessed with that segment of the market. Like, there's a few of few kind of niche areas like that, and it tends to be like UK small and mid caps. And you look at the people who are interested in that market; they tend to be kind of a bit more switched on, know what they're talking about. So you would think uh, that that would be those would be clients they would want, but. They just it doesn't seem to really happen, but you know, maybe they're smarter than me and know something I don't. So possibly, yeah. I, I had a very similar conversation with uh, with Charlie Archer, my co-host on our podcast, and uh, he's a stock analyst at actually IG, uh, and he was saying the same thing. We were looking at demographics and actually the different, not necessarily the tone of voice, but actually what you would say to different demographics at certain points. So obviously, you get your, you know, you know, you talk to talk to younger people more about lifetime ISAs for example, differently than you would do, let's say, you know, somebody pensions, because I am I know, crikey, one thing I wish I'd done is start my pension when I was 18 and my first job, like we all thought we should have done. Um, 
so yeah, you talk to them differently. That so it's just different age group, different demographics, and how you talk to them at different points. So you wouldn't be pushing a you know a, a FTSE one hundred piece to a, an eighteen to twenty five year old because they'd be like, I'm not interested now. I'm trying to save my house. You know what's what's of interest there. But well, actually, persimmon might be or Barrett homes might actually be of interest to you because of this. But then again, they're not necessarily going to be retail traders in that in that uh, that business. So yeah, yeah. Inter- yeah. No, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, something that anyone listening should should think about. Um, to to move to move on to a slightly slightly different area. I mean, um, you know, whenever I speak to brokers, I I literally got, got approached this week by quite a big broker asking if I wanted to be an affiliate, which I, I obviously is like not really my not really my thing, just because the nature of the website is not really set up for that. Um, but like in general, if I look around this, you know, I see on LinkedIn or when you go to an event, something like that, almost everyone is looking either for IBs or affiliates. So you know, just con- the constant need for traffic, right? And the new 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 clients. Um, so as an affiliate, I mean, do you see any kind of mistakes that brokers make or companies make when they're approaching you or like? things they do that might kind of bug you in terms of how they try to work with you uh maybe maybe you can hold back a bit um just i suppose like any any thoughts around some that any, kind of any area. tips and tips and hints for any any brokers that yeah exactly have, a, have an affiliate team <laughs> well it's funny that I, I actually spoke on another podcast a couple of months ago actually with a a guy called John Wright who runs a runs a business called Stats Drone, which is a it's effectively a, a stats an affiliate stats analysis program, which is brilliant. Um, and he asked the same sort of question. Um, and one of the things that we we're very keen on doing uh, in the with our brokers that are in the UK is actually meeting up with them, talking to them, getting you know getting under the skin and saying, look, guys, what what can we do to improve? Our relationship and that's not just taking them out for lunch or, or whatever it's it's you know look we've got some plans these are our plans what 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 can we do to help you deliver more customers you know what what, what have you got on the cards you know we do all this confidentiality confidentially of course you know so it might be we'll speak to one broker and they'll say yeah we're looking at doing a trading program or a, a promotional feature on x and we'll say well okay we could feature that or we could help write that and promote that for you um it's the two-way conversations that are important. Just putting an affiliate team together uh, and blasting it through an affiliate network doesn't really work. Well, it does work as long as the communication's there. But because you use an affiliate network like uh, like Finance Ads or Impact.com, a lot of the brands are on those platforms. Or Trade Doublers got a few and the likes. The one-to-one relationships we have do benefit both parties without a shadow of a doubt. You know, we we've got very close working relationship with eToro, for example. Um, he says with the trading team, what two t-shirts? Sorry, guys, if you're listening, I didn't get the t-shirt. Vincent did. Um, and just having open conversations. I'm, I'm not talking about a conversation every week or every day on you know Slack or Skype or whatever. It's you know, he's pinging ideas over and saying, look, you know, we, we are thinking of well, we are developing an MVP in our uh, in our trading academy. And you speak to a couple of parts, and they go. We want to be involved in that. We're like, well, great. How can we? How can we make this work? So it's about more about one-to-one relationships. The sort of the disparate and sort of diluted relationships through the networks tend to just kind of like fall through the cracks because they say we want to be number one on your, you know, best trading platforms page, and we go, well, either improve your deal or just open a conversation with us. You know, what's? It's not just so much about the monetary value and benefit to us. It's what is the benefit to 
the you know the trader the retail trader the 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 person that we're selling your product to you know i had a very interesting conversation uh in the summer <laughs> i'm talking about summer in the past tense uh in june actually june do you remember june and it was sunny crikey uh yeah i had an interesting conversation um about a, with a broker there who would, they just said that they said what can we do to help and work with you because we're interested in again going back to the gambling analogy we don't want somebody to come in and drop twenty five thousand pounds and lose the money and then they don't come back again we want to help them educate them so they fully understand what they're doing so they can make money trading and then that triggered off the whole conversation about the trading academy and the basics and everything else so and then the indices and the alphas and all this so yeah. Interesting. Uh, can yeah. you talk a bit about what the how the affiliate networks work? I mean, that's something I'm just not familiar with. So I, like, <laughs> I, I always assume that people would go uh, like direct to you guys, you know, to see you or you go to them. Yeah, it's a good point. We did actually go direct uh, to the platforms originally. And I think I think Interactive Investor was our first one we went direct to, and they said no, sign up through this affiliate network. I was like, oh, okay. I'm I'm okay with affiliate networks. Used them before in get, in gambling and gaming, but so it's like, of course, of course, that's where they are. So we signed up with that, and then you get all the T's and C's, the legals, the compliance, all the structure, the do's, the don'ts, the banner ads, the the text, risk warnings. Everything's run through one system, so they have all that set up. So let's say, you know, AJ Bell, you know, another one. They use a different affiliate network than Interactive Investor, for example. Um, similar setup, it's just different affiliate networks, but the affiliate networks have a broader reach. So let's say I am, it's David and Simon's um, cfdbrokerplatform.com, and we want we want loads of affiliates promoting our product. You'd go to a network, and then they'd broadcast that for you. So they have a bigger reach, as opposed to you and I just going, we've got a new platform, we want it to be on Investing Reviews or Finder.com. Um, yeah. <laughs> So it's, it's a bit like Dianomi, kind of. almost. Kind of. Yeah, like the middle it's, it's an agency. It's, okay. it's, okay. And, it, and it works, you know. But there are some yeah. platforms, just to put a caveat in there, some platforms are pulling away from uh, from the networks just purely because they want to manage the compliance themselves because obviously uh, FCA and the ACA like to change things. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so similar question to the one on basically doing business and what what um you know what brokers can do to kind of uh make things run more smoothly and and benefit both parties so like yeah i look at your, like i said you look at your website you're getting a lot of traffic um i appreciate it's kind of a broad trend but given you have this background in in seo uh are there any sort of interesting things that you see happening in that side of the that side of the market today well there's always something we find we don't rank for so we we kind of we end up going down the rabbit hole and uh finding prop trading what's that let's go and have a look at that <laughs> which is what we did you know oh look at that we should do this and then all of a sudden you it seo for me is a game it's a game uh it's a game with google and um, and this was interesting that Phil, my my boss at Witch Bingo, said years and years ago, he said, can you imagine, and this did actually happen, imagine you went to Dragon's Den and pitched your business, you were wanting some investment from Peter Jones and the rest of them. And they said, here's the business model, this is how it works, we get revenue share and an introductory fee for introducing people to these, these, these businesses. And they go, great, okay, what's the weakness in this business? Well, there's only just one problem, Google. Because if they change the algorithm and they drop our rankings, we don't have a business anymore so we're constantly 
we're, we're just at the edge, of, just behind Google. Google's leading and you've got to follow it. It's like the Pied Piper. You know, Google could lead you off the edge of a cliff and you go, oh my God, I didn't know it was here. <laughs> I mean, that, that, so that's something I noticed like in my previous role, um, we would have these long marketing meetings once a, once a week. It would often be like an hour plus. And a huge part of that was basically working with, um, you know, we had two or three people at that point in the SEO team. Um, and it often felt like a kind of, I think it's like medieval sorcery type of thing where, uh, you know, like, because <laughs> because you don't know exactly what Google wants, then you, you, you kind of have a rough approximation of what they want from you, but not exactly what they want from you. Well, to be honest, Google has all the guidelines of what it's looking for you to do. You just have to follow them. You have to interpret them and then put your own creative spin on it. That's it's a bit like that's a, as bit like easy a as I can explain yeah. it to anybody. You just, you just said, it's very obvious. They have a book. It's got some guidelines in it. And you just kind of follow it and try not to put your own spin on it. <laughs> yeah. I haven't got my Deus T-shirt on this time, but Google is certainly uh, right up there, aren't they? Yeah, I'm fascinated by search engine optimization and search engine marketing because it is the it's the bread and butter of what we do. You know, somebody came. So to answer your questions, actually two questions there in one, I think. So what we do with the partners? Um, so we have a I won't name names, but we're a prop trading partner we were speaking to, and we we just say to them, said, so look, what if you could rank on number one page one for any any term that you could what would it be so they could, and we had one chap come back to us a ream of in uh, research with competitors with keywords and we were just like whoa this is this is perfect this is exactly what we want to hear because we'd not heard of a lot of the terms he was talking about so we did some research into it put together a content plan did a put the, through the seo team and we started writing the content and putting it out there do you remember what i said earlier is you can't just write one piece and expect to be an authority on that you have to you have to show that authority. You know, you can't just put a, a page up going best golf bags to buy now. You have to be an authority on golf bags. So you have to have all different golf bag sizes, golf bag colours, golf bags for wet weather, golf bags for, you know, travel, golf bags for carrying lightweight. You, you get my point. You know, it's a broad, broad, broad subject. So if we just start writing about prop trading, then, yeah, we might rank number one for prop trading for a couple of days, but then it's going to drop off because Google's going to say, you don't really know what you're talking about, do you? So we build that authority, and that's what it's about. Any any platform that's listening, I'm sure you have many more listeners than uh, uh, we do on our, my podcast. But th- this is about answering the question. You know, there's like I say, take take the Google guidelines and interpret them. But you know, if you if you're going to say, you know, um, you know, what is a CFD? Tell them what a CFD is, what the different types are, how they work, how they break down, and then break that down into uh separate t- subjects yeah. there's a great website actually you can do this on called answerthepublic.com and put in a put in a key term in there and it will give you all the what's why's where's ifs how's all about cfds for example um and it's it's fantastic but it will blow your mind and yeah and because you <laughs> because well. you because you are now ranked highly you're getting lots of traffic does that become like a you know good cycle type thing a virtuous cycle, whatever you want to call it, where because you're ranked highly, your ability to rank for other keywords is improved and then you don't have to kind of put in the same amount of effort or do you have to sort of always be there? Uh, and then the second question is like, presumably you are in, on, in some ways you're competing with brokers who themselves spend 
not all of them, but like definitely a few of the big ones have spent huge amounts of money uh, on on ranking for different keywords. So is it easy to beat them or is that like a problem in and of itself? Well, you've, 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 you've touched the sore point there, I think. Um, yeah, let me answer those both questions in turn if I can. So, no, we can't be complacent on just writing any old rubbish using AI, for example, and saying, here we go, here's some content on this subject. It'll definitely rank because it's got you know relevance to investing or trading. No, we don't. Um, we have done in the past quite naively um, and learned a lot from it. Like I say, Forex, for example, or prop trading, put that aside because we're working on that. But Forex trading, we... I think we've only scratched the surface on what we've got, but I think we have enough content to say, actually, we, we understand what we're talking about on Forex. So if we recommend the top 10 Forex brokers, then we're recommending them because actually our finance editor has downloaded or registered and used every one of those platforms and beaten the living daylights out of it to find out how good it is. So yes, we can be seen as a topical authority and that's what we're looking for. Um, to answer your other question about ranking against the brands for their own keywords it's a big sore point for not just for us but also for the brands themselves so if you type in eToro review is it any good it tends to be an affiliate that's going to rank first for that as opposed to eToro themselves now eToro are good friends of ours we do work with them quite closely I could give them some advice on how to do that but I don't want to do that because I want to rank from both of them for it but anything, anything with the word review in it, you're going to get trust pilot. You're going to get people like unbiased and uh, vouched for for any sort of the FCA local stuff. And tends to be, we, we know who the competitors are. And I'm pretty sure a few of them will be listening to this as well. We know who you are. Um, but it, it, but that's the game, you know. It's it's it's, it, it's seasonal as well. So ISIS, for example, if anybody's listening, right? Okay, when is ISIS season? It's the start of the new tax year, Simon. Yeah. And I've never understood that, right? Okay, so ISA season is all about getting people to maximise their ISA. And then they leave it, so then it comes 6th, 7th of April, and they don't go yeah. open the new ISA. They don't, they just <laughs> max it out. So it's ISA season kind of is max out your ISA, not open yeah. the new one. Anyway, little tip for you, uh, you brokers on ISAs there. So what we do is we double down on ISA content in Jan and Feb, so we refresh the content. Have we got the best ISA rates in there? Have we got the best brokers in there? Is the content that we're writing, does it need updating to be in line with current trends, current you know market rates, et cetera, et cetera? So we'll double down yeah. and we'll, we'll make sure the ISA content's the best it can be for the ISA season coming. But everybody else is doing that. You know, All the brokers that have ISAs will do that. All our competitors will do that. So you know, we've got you know, ways and means of doing it. Um, and we have our own processes for doing it, as I'm sure a lot of the brokers and a lot of competitors do as well. But that's that's just one way of doing it. So no, we, we're not complacent that's on the way is, yeah. any old content. But yeah, the sore point right. is we do rank above a lot of the brands for their own brand terms. But that's what it's, that's that's what, that's the way it is, yeah. But we don't rest on our laurel, laurels. <laughs> no, definitely. I mean, just as a as a follow up to what you said, like I notice on some terms, if I'm, you know, I'll I'll sometimes check more out of interest because I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to like hit the top spot on anything for what I do. Just to know if it's it's nice. I'm I'm actually surprised at how often I'm getting some traction on Google because I don't know exactly where it's coming from. To be honest, um, maybe you can tell me somehow afterwards. But uh, um, like if I compare some of the stuff 
I'm say I think I'm ranking for, or I can see that I'm ranking for. It will often be really random, and then you can a lot of the time you can see like someone has tried to capture that whatever particular term, and then I'll click on it and I'm like, it's just really bad, you know. Like and so <laughs> and so I do think there's like I think you know someone who is wanting to start a business in the area you're in. I think, incre- I mean, it's probably becoming increasingly hard because there's so many sites like yours, which are just doing a really good job. Mm. But definitely on the broker's side, I look at some of the terms they're probably trying to rank for. Mm. And there's probably only like two, I'm talking about CFD brokers, like HL has done a really good job at yeah. SEO as well. But like on the brokerage side, it's really just like IG is just destroyed on SEO. Like they've they've captured so much from what I see. Um, but a lot of them just it's clear a lot of brokers are trying and then you look at it and you're like it's just rubbish like it's just obviously been an afterthought or something like that rather than something they actually care about yeah so it's, it's it tends to be the case david to be fair found, found this in so many different cases um different industries as well it's the same thing they put together a fantastic product and they've got their own user base they do their own marketing and then somebody goes you're not optimized for those keywords or you're not ranking for your own brand for example um, I mean, one thing a lot of companies don't like doing is actually advertising in Google AdWords for their own brand. But I tell you what, your competitors will do it. Yeah, I, that I know from experience. And it's unfortunate. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so you, you can't, it's kind of a oh, damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of scenario. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it, is, it is becoming more difficult. But then again, you know. Where we are ninety eight percent SEO in what we do, you know, we don't do a lot of social. Well, we do more than we did. <laughs> um, we do a little bit of email capture. I mean, you've got a great CFD's weekly newsletter. Um, like I say, I'm, I'm on TikTok and I'm fifty plus, and I still don't understand it. Um, <laughs> we're going to give it a go. Um, but yeah, try everything. I mean, try everything. I mean, throw stuff at the wall until it sticks. Pretty much what we did, and then. It's about, again, like I said before, it's about topical authority. You know, if anybody talks to me in the industry about CFDs, your name crops up. So you kind of got a topical authority on CFDs, potentially. There you go. Mm. Something to, something to pursue. Mm. Okay, so so last question, because I've taken quite a lot of your time, is like something something we've touched on quite a lot here is basically your background in gambling. Um, so that is something that I see it's not all the time but i see it crop up in conversations i have with people where they will basically say something like we're interested in looking at what people are doing there it's not necessarily that they want to be in that industry but there's just some kind of residual interest in what people are doing in that sector just because i think there's some some level of similarity uh and then there's there's obviously like there is a lot of crossover in terms of people move it like you know maybe we shouldn't name names but like plus 500 etoro yeah, AvaTrade, a lot of the big brokers have one or more founders who actually had a background previous in gambling. You could argue IG was actually the same back in the day. Um, so I guess my, my question here is basically like, because I think it's an area people are interested in, but they often, just because they probably don't have the time or like the, you know, the effort to, to go and see what, exactly what gambling people are doing and maybe to get a good understanding of the industry. Is there like anything from your point of view that you think um you know that you saw or see gambling companies doing well that you think brokers could either improve on so they maybe are doing something similar but they they could do it better and gambling companies are doing it better or like they're just doing something completely different that maybe would work in the in the broker sector but brokers aren't doing it i think we 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 actually did discuss this off air before we started recording i think we've actually covered it already but 
it's about getting in the relationships in the right marketplaces. You know, I still attend the gambling conferences just out of interest and just to catch up with old friends. So there's there's the gambling affiliate conference in London that's called uh, LAC, it's London Affiliate Conference, but that's tagged on the back of the ICE, uh, big global gaming conference at Excel in London in February. And that's basically a global gaming gambling conference where all the operators, the software manufacturers, I mean, everything from poker tables to slots machine everything is there and it's just that it, it it's a it's just a different world it, the amount of money that's thrown at these stands is phenomenal um you come out with a headache after being in there for 10 minutes i tell you but what these what these guys do very well is they put themselves out there and put the presence out there it's about the brands that they build i mean you've just mentioned etoro plus 500 and avertrade there in the same sentence and they're probably uh yeah um i didn't say trading team two in a t-shirt either um but these guys are big yes they have had their gambling background uh backgrounds before moving into trading so they've actually experienced all the compliance that's in gambling as well because compliance in in finance and compliance in gambling is is very similar but actually very different as well two separate uh separate bodies that govern those uh similar I think similar modus operandi, but again, very slightly different. Um, and it can there are crossovers and there are definite intersects and uh, comparisons you can make between the two. But I think again, if it's if the question's about what 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 have the previous gambling companies that are now you know trading platforms what have they done um, done well to get into where they are now is it's it's probably a bigger question that would take more than five minutes to answer. They've been there, done that, and I think they've 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 been through the customer base, they've been through the churn, they've been through the liquidity, they've been through you know everything. Just think about every department they've been through. And those three you mentioned there, those guys are super hot on compliance. You, you probably hit the nail on the head. Those three there are probably the three biggest um, biggest partners we work with that will. You know, jump straight away on compliance on the risk terms, for example, or yeah, 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 which is fine. You know, we, you know, if we've got a risk risk warning on one of our pages that's wrong, then that's yeah. No, I'm just I'm quite surprised about that. Not because I think we're, you know badly of those companies, but like I would have thought that gambling was actually like uh, less. Just I mean, if I'm talking about from the perspective of the UK, but like in my my understanding is that compared to a lot of other places gambling in the uk is actually like quite lightly regulated uh like in a lot of other places say banned or whatever it might be um yeah it depends which way which lens you look through that really i mean gambling in the uk is 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 very highly regulated but in other places it's banned so it's it's there's maybe the right way of putting well yeah no i understand what you mean but there is a gray area and there's a huge gray gray market uh you know for for gaming businesses gambling businesses which depending on the jurisdiction you're in depending on where the license has been granted for that platform it is very complicated and messy we're finding very similar very similar uh issues with some of the trading platforms i won't mention names but we've been approached by a few who said yes we'd like a review on your website and we look into the background and if you're not fca regulated then chances are we're not going to review you because we're a uk focused business you know uh, we have a you know duty of care to protect you know people that come into our site going oh you recommended this website and they're not fca regulated you know sorry i'm, I'm not sure i answered your question there no, no, you, uh, you. I was going to say um, it's in, that's interesting you say that, but uh, as in terms of being uh, not not taking people who aren't FCA regulated, I know that some 
<laughs> we won't m- mention names, but there was one broker that just had some serious, uh, let's say, c- compliance problems. Would probably be putting it lightly. <laughs> um, that was that was on quite a few different websites, uh, and I don't really know how people have dealt with that. Actually, I haven't looked at it, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I so, so it's interesting as you say compliance, but I'm curious on the sort of like, I guess like marketing or technology side, whether you think there's there's any kind of overlap. It's fine if there's none, by the way. It's just my impression, like from speaking to people, is that this is an always this is always an area that CFD people seem to be uh, curious about. But then I think, like I said, maybe they don't have the the kind of capacity to fully get what's going on, and so yeah, well, I think my understanding is that a lot of the um... A lot of the bigger uh, brands, the bigger trading uh, platforms, don't have their own proprietary system. They are going to use MetaTrader four and five and everything else going out. There's very few that have their own. Um, so in terms of technology, depends what technology stack you're talking about. Is it the actual operations? Is it the onboarding? Is it the customer services? Is it the compliance? I think compliance and customer services probably there's lots of different uh, overlaps from gambling to to trading there. I think. Obviously, from a, I'm sorry, from a marketing background, I'm not really um, au fait with tech or from an operations side. Um, yeah, I think client onboarding, uh, KYC, uh, AML, all that kind of stuff. That's obviously, a, <laughs> there's very big overlap there between gambling and and, uh, uh, and finance. So, you know, I'm not sure that answers the question. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll leave it as a we'll leave it as a kind it's of crossover. Okay, it's, it's crossover um, like, like, like there is anyway. Cool. But you know, I think just because let's let's say IG were you know were in spread betting or whatever they were into before before they became a you know trusted broker platform. Yeah, has that put them in good stead? Possibly, but then. You've got the likes what? of AJ Bell, Hargreaves, Lansdowne, Interactive Investor. They weren't involved in it, but. It's a sort of diff- different industry, I would say. Mm. Like, if you're just doing pure play cash equities, I think there's very little overlap. Mm. But like with the CFT side of things, there's definitely more, more, more overlap. There is, um, yeah. but maybe that's some, something something to talk about next time. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna let you go, Simon. <laughs> thanks very much for for doing this. Um, if uh, Simon said anything interesting and you want to get in touch with him, either I'm mean, sure you can just find him on LinkedIn, Simon Jones, uh, or if you know, feel free to reach out to me and I can put you in touch. Uh, so yeah, Simon, cheers for for doing this. Have a great day. Appreciate it. Cheers, David.